I remember going to my own family gatherings way back when I was a kid, a century ago, back in the 1900s. And um, we would have a meal, Thanksgiving, usually be a turkey. Like, let me just do a quick thing. Who's turkey Thanksgiving family tradition? Maybe not this weekend. Okay, ham. Who's ham? Any hammers? Okay, lambs. Anybody lamb it up? Don't make that face. Lamb it up. Okay, anybody um, roast beefers? Okay, lasagna. Who does lasagna for? Okay, good. So we're different. Diversity. My family was a turkey family, and we would get together, grandparents and stuff. And before we would eat, there would always be like a prayer of thanksgiving. But to the best of my knowledge, that prayer of thanksgiving wasn't being made to a living Jesus. And so as I'm thinking about this time, and you know, it's customary to talk about thanksgiving, which is great. I just totally know you can have a message on thanksgiving that number one feels like an obligation. Oh yeah, I should be thanking more. Or number two can turn out to not even be connecting with the God that is worth the thanksgiving. And so this morning I want to do my best to exhort us to the least guilt-trippy, most connected with truth thanksgiving as, as I can. I'll do my part. And so today I want, the message is actually called Seeing is Thanksgiving. Because I think the kind of thanksgiving that the Lord loves is the thanksgiving that sees him as the source of what you're giving thanks for. That's what he wants. He doesn't want you just to say thanksgiving because it's the right thing to do, even though it is. And sometimes doing your duty is better than not doing anything. But the kind of thanksgiving he loves is when we understand that it's from him. It's it's from him. Amen? So why don't we... um, Why don't we seek this together in prayer? I'm going to pray. If this touches your heart at all, that you would actually love to be a more thankful person, but because you see God, why don't we ask the Lord to accomplish this in our hearts? Amen? So if you bow with me. Father, I just thank you so much. I love to see you. I think we've been worshiping around this and the team's been sharing this. The best thing is seeing you for who you are. And thanksgiving, in your opinion, is the rightful response. And part of it. And so, Lord, this is our desire together today, that we would be liberated from kind of the, the obligation of thanksgiving into the reality of seeing who you are that overflows in thanksgiving. And so, Lord, would this joy, this freedom be gifted to us by grace through the Lord Jesus Christ, that wherever our hearts are darkened, wherever sin stands against it, it would be overcome by the cross of the Lord Jesus Christ And that you would help us to live this life of seeing who you are with the overflow of thanksgiving coming out of our hearts and lips. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. So the trajectory for this morning is I want to go someplace where we're going to talk about um, giving thanks because of what we can see, then giving thanks because of what we can't see, and then giving thanks even when what we see and what we can't see doesn't seem to make sense to us. And I hope to make that clear, that third part. And I think that was already talked about a little bit, learning to give thanks even when it seems like the world is a mess because you know the God who's messing things up. Amen? So let's talk about seeing, giving thanks because of what you can see. And I want to read from... Yes, font size, 
achievement unlocked. This is, I think, can, can most people read it? Maybe you can help me out even. I'm still learning all this. In the back, can you kind of read this? Okay. Whoa. Yes. Back row thumbs up. Thank you. Thank you. You've made my morning. Let's just read this. And I know that this passage is not primarily about Thanksgiving, but I want to see as we read this, if you can just pick up where the Thanksgiving part is in this. And this is from the Apostle Paul, his longest letter, the letter to the Romans, where he's trying to un, he's trying to lay out his entire gospel to the Christians in Rome. And the truth about the good news about Jesus is that the good news of the good news is seen most clearly when you understand the bad news of what life is like without Jesus. And this is part of what Paul's trying to share. The world is lost without Christ, and therefore the good news is that Jesus has come to rescue us. And sometimes we can forget that the good news follows after the bad news. And so this passage has to do with the bad news part, but we're going to see some good news in it as we go. Amen? This is what the Apostle Paul says. He says, For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men, who by their unrighteousness suppress the truth. For what can be known about God is plain to them, because God has shown it to them. For his invisible attributes, namely, or for instance, his eternal power and divine nature have been clearly perceived. Maybe we could say clearly beheld or they're beholdable ever since the creation of the world in the things that he has made. So that they're without excuse for although they knew God, they didn't honor him as God or give thanks to him, but became futile in their thinking and their foolish hearts were darkened. Do you see the word give thanks in there? So Paul is, is describing the reality of, especially the pagan world who doesn't know God, and he says to them, he says to us, this is the right way to see the world. The God of the universe, though he's invisible, has totally made himself known through everything he's made. His divinity, his godness, his power, his wisdom is absolutely on display in everything he's made so that everybody ought to be looking around at everything all the time and saying, someone huge made this and I owe them honor and thanksgiving. And he says, but that thanksgiving doesn't come because of human sin. And that's a huge problem. But the point I want to make this morning is to take this passage and say, according to God, a Christian can spend all day just looking at things and saying, thank you, God, with what they see. Because though nothing that you see is God, everything that you see displays God. Our whole life is just following the, here's an ET reference, that Reese's pieces crumbs of God around where God has laid out his glory. He's laid out his power. He's laid out his goodness in everything you can see so that it's right and good and totally getting it to be giving thanks all the time. We can be giving thanks because of what we see. And if we see it as what God has made, then that thanksgiving is the kind of thanksgiving that pleases God, that shows that we're in step with him. So, for instance, um, one author that I really like, that I've actually never read her book, but Jackie shares all the best parts with me, so I feel like I've read the book. 
She says that in her family, they love to pick the bones of Thanksgiving. So if you eat a, you have a, you have a, a chicken or something like that, right? There's people like me who, you take one big bite off of that chicken chef thigh, and you just bite into it, and you get all the meat off there. And but there's, you know, there's gnarple on there still. I'm not the biggest gnarple fan. I don't like it when, when my meat bounces back when I chew on it. That's just my culture. And there's some deep fry bread on there too, and I'll sometimes leave that too. So that's me. I can I can leave some stuff on the bone, but other people, there's only bone left when they're done. And so this family, this is their their thing they do together, especially when they've lost sight of the Lord or when there's opportunity to grumble. They say, let's pick the bones of Thanksgiving. So so they'll just try to push their Thanksgiving in just what God has made all the way down. So for instance, this for me this morning, I showed up at at the parking lot of the church and I looked over and it's a cloudy day but God had done one of those things where he like etches a hole in the clouds so that the sun can shine through and I was just looking at this thing and I was like my dad made this and it is amazing I don't know how he could make water that is so heavy that an underground earthquake that just pushes water up six feet can come at a coastline with such force that it destroys major cities It's so heavy and forceful and violent that a movement of six feet destroys Nagasaki or whatever it was, which is terrible. But that's the force of water. But at the same time, it's so light that God can make it hang in cold air. And he can make it come in like flat trails. He can make it look like cotton balls. And he can make the clouds stand in between me and the sun in such a way that even though water is totally clear and invisible, it can also bounce light off of it so that the light of the sun, which is so bright I can't even look at it, can bounce off of something that's clear that you can see through and look almost blindingly golden off of the edge of water that should have fallen out of the sky. And he's got these moisture particles hanging in the sky so that you can actually see the light beams coming through the gold hole in the clouds. And he's so creative and generous that he doesn't even mind if that only lasts for five minutes. Because he can do it again tomorrow if he wants to. Or he can make his blue shield dome over us, because that's pretty cool too. That for some reason air which is clear is blue up there. Like, I don't get it, but do you get it? We get it. There's science, but all this stuff. And that's just the water that's hanging in the air. But everything is from God. And so doing this a little bit differently, I do like my Thanksgiving turkey. Have I mentioned this? And I was sitting at the stop sign this week over there, the stop sign at the end of Main Street. And I saw this big truck come down the road and it was full of turkeys in those little cages right have you seen these there's only a few times of the year i think that there's a lot of those things going and i'm just like i saw this truckload of turkeys in cages and i was like thanksgiving is coming because i know exactly where those things are going they're going to granny's right so that they can go to superstore so that they can go to my oven so that they can go to my plate. And so that can unleash this whole world of God-given thanksgiving because those turkeys don't get to Superstore without truck drivers. Thank you, truck drivers. 
We live in a world where you don't own anything that doesn't come to you except for a truck driver. You can clap a little bit if you want to. It dropped dead serious. Your house would not exist except that God made people who don't mind sitting behind like a hundred thousand horsepowers of gigantic aluminum and I, I don't even know why they try to keep them environmentally friendly. That's not the point of an engine that big to be environmentally friendly. It's supposed to burn dead animals and plant life that God made into black goo that he also made the wisdom of people to pump out of the ground and then some other awesome nerd type scientist who invented separating the black goo into gasoline and diesel so that diesel could be used for awesome diesel stuff and gasoline could be used for putting in containers with little wicks that you shake up and then throw with some fire on it so it blows up in your backyard, which God also invented, like the things that burn, he invented that, but anyway, back to the truck drivers. So they're driving these machines that somebody figured out how to make rubber tires because God gave the wisdom and somebody figured out how to pull metal out of the ground that God put there in order to get gone out of the ground at the right time so that they could make axles. And they also figured out how to make synthetic oil or something so that they could make these super hot, hot explosions that go on inside of this engine all the time, not wear out the metal so that it seizes up halfway to granny so I don't get turkey and and somebody figured out how to make metal cages so that those stupid mean turkeys can be held in place until they get their heads cut off and drained of their blood so that they can be a delicious meal to me once they get to the processing plant and so God made people who have the skill to actually work in the processing plants after they were invented by again thank you nerds processing plants so that they could have all these turkeys grown somewhere, transported somehow, chopped up some way. Thank you, people who endure the blood of that chopping up process and processed and brought to Superstore so that people can work there even with the masks. Thank you, Superstore workers, so that the turkey is there and they're frozen in a machine because God invented hot and cold and he decided that when you take a turkey and you freeze it, it doesn't turn it into a disgusting, rotten mess as fast as if it wasn't frozen so they can sit in my freezer for a week before I cook it. Tomorrow. And every single step of the way is the glory of God. And the chemicals in your mouth, when, like, you cook it and it doesn't become this, like, it's not, no longer this disgusting corpse. Like, cooking is amazing. Without cooking, it's a disgusting corpse. It's a roadkill. But if you cook it, it's a wonderful meal. How does that happen? You apply the right heat and the fats melt and the meats like denature so that they're easier to chew and the skin goes from being the most disgusting thing in the universe to this blessed, crispy delight. Right? Right? And every step of all these reactions and changes to get one meal on your table is full of a billion glorious inventions that God made and that if he didn't make it, there would still be nothing here. It would still just be tohu wabohu, formless and void. That's just the, the bird. And you can look at anything and if you'll start giving thanks, you will see the glory and the divinity and the power of a God worthy of all genuine thanksgiving and genuine honor. I haven't even talked about kids yet. 
with their gigantic eyeballs that make them look so cute when they're tiny. And their weird spelling techniques that are just so fun. I'm sorry you were born into the English language. It doesn't make sense when you try to spell it. I don't know why. Spanish is great. It totally does. In English, we decided that the word bot should look like that. It's just cruel. To a child, you would try to make them learn how to spell bot? To a child? But maybe you hear my heart. From this scripture, we see that everything that has been made displays eternal power and divine nature. And what God wants in response is just us to say, well done, and thank you for giving this to me. It's all his. Everything that he's made is all his, no matter who you bought it from. It's all his. And when we get to see it or enjoy it, what a generous God to say, what I'm just looking for is thanks. What a generous God to say, every joy we get is sufficiently received with thanksgiving. What do I have to do to pay you back? Why don't you just say thanks? What a generous dad. When all he wants is us to say, good job, dad. Thank you. He's so gracious. Amen? So seeing is thanksgiving, number one. Just try to pick the bones of something today. Pick the bones. Go all the way down to every person and every point. Like baby carrots. How amazing is baby carrots? That they grow in the ground, which is usually where you put dead things to rot, but it's a living thing that grows in the ground, and then you put it through a machine, and it's like bite size. Doesn't taste like dirt. Okay, your turn. Tag, you're it. The baton is passed on this one. Number two, point two. Seeing what can't be seen. Now, I'm just talking about creation there, but the Bible story is is that, you know, that passage was talking about actually the lostness of humanity because we're so broken in our minds and our hearts because of sin that we can look at an entire universe. We can look at everything and somehow respond, not God is great, but wow, I'm pretty amazing. Look, I invented a telescope that can see all that stuff. Oh, I got this awesome mouth that I can eat this stuff. And I got these awesome hands that help me grow this stuff. And we can look at this whole world and find something, anything besides the creator God to give the glory to. Often an idol. And this is one of the biggest problems in scripture is that humanity would continue to take something God made and make that into God. And that, that to God is the biggest betrayal. To take something he made to show us how good he is and to take the made thing and say, no, 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 this is God. The sun is God. Not God made the sun, but the sun is God. And rain is God. Not God made the rain, but rain is God. And truckers are God. <laughs> Not God made truckers. I don't know if anybody's done that, but you can let me know. 
And so in response to this, in order to be rescued from this ultimate criminal tragedy, God sent his own son Jesus to come and to pay the penalty of this rejection we gave against God, to suffer, suffer the, the punishment of it, as well as to overcome the power of sin in our minds through his death on the cross and through his resurrection power. Now this is the difference between a baby carrot in one sense and seeing what God has done is that for now, Jesus isn't here to be seen. He's present through his Holy Spirit, but his Holy Spirit's invisible. And so much of the thanksgiving that we owe God now for his salvation and through what Jesus has done is giving thanks for something you can't see with your naked eye right now. Does that make sense? You can't see Jesus. You you can't see the cross. That was 2,000 years ago on the other side of the planet. You can't see this stuff. And so instead we see it by hearing. We see what we can't see by hearing, and we're meant to give thanks for this. And so this is one of the great gifts of Scripture, is that we have these words from God that we can give thanks through. And so I'm just going to read Colossians 1.15, which is a portion about Jesus, a Jesus that we can't see physically right now. He will come again. The Scripture promises us that he will come again and that every eye will see him. Even the dead will be raised from the dead to see him for the final judgment. Excuse me. But for now, we can't see him. And that's not the biggest problem because Jesus even said, blessed are, you, are those who believe the, even though they don't see now. He said that too. Uh, Thomas at the end of the Gospel of John. But let me read this for you, and then let's give thanks together through this. This is what Scripture says. He, meaning Jesus, is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. For by him all things were created in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions, rulers or authorities. All things were created through him and for him. And he is before all things, and in him all things hold together. And he is the head of the body, the church. He is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in everything he might be preeminent. For in him all the fullness of God was pleased to dwell, and through him to reconcile to himself all things, whether on earth or in heaven, making peace by the blood of his cross. So how does this connect with thanksgiving? Well, even though we can't see Jesus yet right now, we can still see him through Scripture and give thanks to him. God, thank you so much that even though you're invisible, you made Jesus visible in a time and place. You made him his image. Thank you so much. Thank you for making Jesus the firstborn over all creation, that everything in creation, Jesus is their, their honored older brother. Thank you so much that he, all things were made by him. Every single thing that I might give thanks for actually has the fingerprints of Jesus on it because everything was created by him, whether in the heavens or on the earth. Lord, thank you that everything in heaven was made through Jesus. Thank you that everything on the earth was made through Jesus. Lord, thank you that everything I can see was made through Jesus. Thank you that everything I can't see is made through Jesus. Thrones, dominions, political powers, spiritual powers, rulers, governments, authorities, they're all made through Jesus. They're are made through him and for him. Thank you, Jesus, that ultimately everything is coming back to you. Everything is about you. You're going to judge all things, reward all things, condemn what needs to be condemned, renew what needs to be renewed. It's all for you. It's all for your glory. Thank you, God. Thank you, Jesus, that you're before all things. You existed forever before anything was made. You lived forever with your Father. And thank you that in you all things hold together. When we look at a world in a pandemic, you hold it together. When we look at a world in political turmoil, you hold it together. 
together. All things are held together through you, Jesus. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you for being the head of the body of the church, that no matter where you go, every single church has a team-leading pastor, and his name is Jesus. He is the head of the church. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, that you are the beginning of the firstborn from the dead. Thank you that you are raised from the dead, that you aren't dead. You're not just a story. You're alive today, and because you're alive today, everybody who has faith in you will also be born again physically from the dead. Thank you, Lord, that you're in the place where you are preeminent in everything, that you're in the first place, in the top place, at the head of every pyramid, at the head of every hierarchy. There stands the living Jesus Christ, looking down on everything underneath his power and authority. Thank you, God. Thank you that you are the fullness of God, that everything it meant to be God was alive in Jesus, the man walking in Jerusalem. And it was pleased to dwell that way. Lord, thank you that through Jesus, not only were you all powerful, but you're reconciling everything to yourself, that everything in earth and everything in heaven is being brought to a head for restoration in the Lord Jesus Christ because you made peace through your blood shed on the cross. I just spent a couple minutes giving thanks for things that I cannot see. But God tells me is true, and so I see it by faith through my thanksgiving. Amen? And you can do that too. All right. We can give thanks for everything that we see. We can give thanks for things that we can't see through God's word and through his promises. Number three, learning to give thanks when what we see and what we don't see don't seem to make sense. This is our scripture for today. Sorry, this is from First Thessalonians chapter 5. I don't have the full reference there. It says this, Rejoice always, pray without ceasing, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. So Paul is writing by the Holy Spirit about giving thanks in all circumstances, <clears throat> which is great. And easily done when things are going your way and your heart isn't aching and your body isn't breaking. But Paul was writing this to a Thessalonian church that was going under persecution. Like the beat you up in the streets kind, the burn down your house kind, the kick you out of your family kind. He was writing this to Christians who were going through the kinds of heartaches that we would find devastating. And rightly so. And he he says to them, rejoice always especially in Jesus, pray without ceasing because God answers prayer and give thanks in all circumstances. And this is God's will for us in Christ Jesus. So this isn't a nice to have. This is a need to have. Does that make sense? This isn't what the the best of us do. This is what everybody's meant to do. This is the will of God for us. And so, so how do you do this? Does anybody here's Thanksgiving dry up when you're in pain or you lack sleep or you've got a heartache or you're in distress? Am I the only one? Yeah, that's so normal. Thanksgiving arises naturally when you've got the baby carrots and the turkey. Thanksgiving does not arise as naturally when you're in pain and suffering, in distress, in anxiety. Freedoms are taken away from you. Things aren't like they used to be. You're grieving something. Things are going hard. Thanksgiving is super hard often for this, and yet here we are called to do it. Maybe I can give a helpful illustration. And this is, I'm sorry, this is going to be a, a war military illustration, so some people are going to love this and some people might not. But You never know when you're in like a Mennonite heritage place 
how many people are going to love the war story illustrations, but somebody's going to. This one's for you. <clears throat> so I was listening to this podcast where these guys were reading uh, war stories from the Vietnam War, which is, I know, very controversial, but there were still tons of heroics that came out during this time. Even though it's controversial, the men on the ground were often huge heroes. And so there's this one group called the SOG. I'm not sure what it reminds, a special observation group or something. And they were like the Navy SEALs of their day. And their mission was to go as far behind enemy lines as anyone has ever gone before and try to gather some information and then come back. And the the fighting was so bad that one of their guys was already injured before the helicopter landed on the ground. They had about 100 people helicoptered in these two huge helicopters. And usually if you start sustaining gunfire when you're in a helicopter before you land, you call off the mission. But these guys are so psycho that it was kind of like there was nothing going to stop them. And so somebody was already shot before they even got on the ground. And then they had just four days essentially of just getting shot at because they were in the middle of the enemy army. Four days of just getting shot at. And there's this crazy story because they're always trying to move and they're just trying to keep alive. And I think the stats were that every single person in the group that was there was wounded once or twice or five times before they finally got pulled out. So it was just really bad. And it was even so bad that when they were getting helicoptered out at the end, the helicopter got shot up and they lost both engines and they had to do an emergency landing, which isn't easy to do with a helicopter because apparently with a helicopter, what you do is you set the blades at just the right way to try to have the rotation of the blades to slow you as you're plummeting from the ground It's not or to the ground. It's not like an airplane that you can kind of glide down. It's this big hunk of metal that isn't being held up anymore. And they tried to land it on a on a beach, but instead of hitting the beach, they hit a rock, and they hit the rock so hard that the pilot, I think it was, um, smashed his head into the ceiling so hard that he actually exploded his teeth in his mouth and was spitting out tooth dust after. But nobody died. It's really weird. Anyhow, one of the, the details of this story is that as they were behind enemy lines being shot at all the time, they were constantly calling in air support. And these, I think airplanes are called A1s, were just all the time coming in and buzzing around this group and um, dropping napalm, dropping bombs, laying down gunfire. And the testimony from the guys who were um, the soldiers was that the airplanes were flying so close overhead of them that the shells from their guns were landing on them and burning them. Like they would have a shell come out of the airplane and land in the back of their neck and they have like scars from these hot shells burning their neck. But they would rather have had that than not. And the crazy thing was that these missions were so top secret that they were all sworn that they couldn't talk about it for 20 years what they had gone through. It was just like a secret mission. They're just saying, if you say yes to this mission, you cannot talk about it for 20 years until this is all over. And so 20 years later, they they could talk about it again. And the guys who were on the ground at the time, who made it out alive, they wanted to meet these pilots who had provided nonstop air cover for them. And they got together, and I'm sure that they joked and swore or whatever soldiers do when they're old and post-battle. But this was the thought I was thinking when I was listening to this. They got together because they really wanted to thank these guys who for days were shooting and blowing up things all around them. Just, just okay, try to get in that headspace. These guys that were 
shooting around us so close that the shells were burning us. They were dropping bombs all around us that we were getting covered in blow, like sawdust. We need to thank them. This was their, their heart. Because they knew that all the mayhem of the bullets and the explosions was saving their lives. And that they would all be dead without it. And as I heard that, I thought to myself, that is a way to give thanks in the mayhem of the Christian life. Because God is the one flying the airplane that is blowing up everything around us sometimes. And even though sometimes we might get covered in tree sawdust as something blows up beside us, or we might have some hot shells get stuck on the back of our neck and burn us, the only reason it's happening is because God is trying to save us. He's committed to fighting the enemy and fighting the devil and answering our calls for prayer. And so often the answers for our calls for prayer include him doing warfare against something that's right there next to us. And we get to feel the mayhem and the chaos. And that church in Thessalonica is feeling the warfare of the persecutions. They're feeling the pushback of the Jews that don't want people to be told about Jesus. They're feeling it. But that warfare is itself God fighting for their lives. And confirming their faith through the power of the Holy Spirit in the midst of their persecution. And so maybe this helps We can give thanks when our hearts are broken. We can give thanks when nothing's going right. We can give thanks when things are blowing up because we know that the one who's holding the joystick of the airplane is the Lord Jesus Christ, and he's doing it for his glory and for the good of the church and to fulfill his purposes in the world. That's why he does everything. And the same God who suspends the droplets of water in the sky so that they can shine with the glory of the sun. It's the same God who's in charge of how my heart and my emotions go and wherever the next outbreak might be. And he is working all things for the good of those who love him and been called according to his purpose. Amen. Now to live it. (laughs) Now to believe it. So, it's about seeing God in it. It's about seeing God in the midst of it. It's about giving thanks because even with the circumstances, you can see God in it. And James promises us that if we're in a trial where we can't see God in it, he says we're supposed to pray for wisdom so that God will make us understand what he's doing in it and what he wants us to do in it. Because he knows that we don't get it and we're weak and frail. And he loves us in our weakness and our frailty. And he even calls us to grow in being bold in the midst of our weakness and our frailty, to ask him to rescue us so that he can send in another airplane to save our lives. Amen? So maybe the team can come up. We're going to worship. And... I feel like I have the same message every week. If you're new here, I'm going to do everything in my power to fight against anything that's not real worship of Jesus. Steinbeck 
is blessed with a great heritage, but sometimes we're held back with doing the motions and doing the history and doing the culture instead of the real stuff. So we can be super grateful, and at the same time, every message is going to be about, let's see the real Jesus. As much as I get grace to do it. So why don't we just give ourselves to the Lord again, and let's lift ourselves up in thanksgiving. Do you want to stand with me? Maybe you're doing just really great today. And maybe you just, it's a great time for you to see the power and divinity of God in something you can see. Maybe you came with a family member and you just want to look at them for a second and be like, God, you're amazing for what you have done with this person. And it's such an honor to live life with them. Maybe you need to lift up your eyes to the unseen and see Jesus through the truth that's going to be sung even right now. The word of God says one of the reasons we sing is so that the word of Christ can dwell in our hearts. So that we can keep seeing well. And I I want to confirm God's word and just say, God is at work in your trial. Let's ask that he'll help you to see him so that you can give thanks in any circumstance. Amen. So God, would you fulfill your desire? You long for us just to receive your good gifts with a thankful heart. That's, That's full payment very often for you. Would you open our eyes to see what's right in front of us and to see what isn't in front of us and to see what you're doing despite what's in front of us. For the glory of God, amen.